So this is the only time I'm actually probably going to put a warning on one of these things, but let's call this file, The Confession of Johnny 8, Dinner for One. Because honestly, I don't feel guilty ever doing what I do, and especially the first time I took care of somebody. So like I said in the last file, I had uh, changed for the first time. My life was completely different, and yet I still went to work. Still hung out with my friends on occasion. I was still being myself. But I would just go home from work in the weekends and made sure that when I was alone, I, uh, well, ran around as a giant spider for a while. <laughs> now, here was the curious thing. My family, when I moved onto the property, would still come by and hunt it on occasion. But since I moved out there, the deer just weren't there. We weren't seeing any more signs, like at all. So my cousins stopped coming by. So by the time that I started changing and walking around the woods, I was alone. And especially, you know, we have trail cameras out there like most hunters do. I knew after my cell phone thing that I wouldn't show up on any of them. And the files would just get jacked up anyway. If anybody, you know, looked at it, they would just get static. So it was like fate was stepping in to make sure that I was out there alone. I started thinking about that. But it was only five days. It really was just five days after learning that I could turn into a giant tarantula that uh, I realized what my purpose was going to be. Now, I didn't know it at the time, but I knew I had to do something. So at work, which was going way better when I started becoming a salesman, I was the confidence. I don't know really what it was, but I was closing deals and making good money. They were happy with me. But at work, we had this amazing receptionist, Amelia. Amelia was one of those people that made sure she not only remembered people's birthdays, but she listened at work. So if you were having a bad day, she was the kind of person that would send you a joke email maybe get you a cup of coffee. She was a, a real caretaker at work. And even when dealing with the assholes, piece of shit that I've talked about, God, I hated him. She was a saving grace at that company. So she worked the front desk. She was the receptionist, but really she was like an office administrator. But she stayed at ground zero, always kind of running things from the, the face of the office for anybody that walked in. So one day I happened to go down there to talk with her, literally for no reason, just to swing by, get away from the desk, you know, chin wag, you know, just get away from the phones for a while. We're having a great conversation. Another guy from sales is down there with us. We're just laughing and joking around. And this guy walks in. And when he walked in, Amelia's face paled immediately. Now, if you've never actually seen stark terror come out of nowhere, it's hard to describe. But if you've seen it, you know exactly what I'm talking about. How someone can be so full of life and so full of joy, and then a blink of an eye become a shell of their former self. And that's what happened. I turn around and look at this guy. Look where she's just staring in terror. 
and this guy's taller than me, very well put together, nice business suit on, no tie, which I thought was strange at the time. Handsome looking dude, smiling wide, like there's like there's no care in the world. Just grinned at her, and I can still remember him saying, Hi, Amelia. Been a long time. But it wasn't being handsome, being wealthy, being tall, being a big looking guy that drew my attention. It was the fact that when I saw him, the best way I can describe it is the world's in standard definition, but this guy was in HD 4K Ultra. He stood out against the rest of the world to me. He drew not only my eyes, but all of my senses. When he spoke, I could hear his voice clearly, like almost everything about him. When I picked up this, the, just the bare scent of his cologne, because those, that sense never became like superpowered or anything. It was like, it was like I was locked in on him. Now, as he moved forward, all I did literally was stare because I was just transfixed by this. Now, luckily, the other salesman were there. He caught on it, too, and he immediately got in the way. And just before he could ask what's going on, this dude just gives her a little salute and a smile and walks out. Now, Amelia was taken back by security. We wanted to make sure she was okay. HR gets involved, so we're not supposed to know anything, but... I had to know. I really wanted to follow that guy, though. I wanted to follow him. But for, I stopped because I, I, for, I needed to protect Amelia. The southern gentleman in me needed to protect her more than beat the shit out of that guy. But my God, did I just want to get my hands on him just by seeing him. But then I found out why Amelia was afraid of him. Now, just like Shay... She had been in an abusive relationship, but Shay's abusive relationship was like all verbal and mental. Guy never laid a hand on her. But this piece of shit hurt Amelia, terrorized her, sought to control everything about her, turned her from a person into a possession, almost like a pet that you just didn't know how to take care of. I'm not going to tell you how I found this out because basically, well, shit, I just eavesdropped. Let's just be honest. I eavesdropped to make sure I found out why. And I knew in that moment that I was going to do something about it. Now, the problem was the courts never believed her, never was able to get a restraining order. The guy was real fucking careful. But then I realized, you got abilities, right? I got strength. I could kick seven shades of shit out of this human garbage. And it's not like he could stop me. And if he tried, well, I could always, you know, literally scare the shit out of him by changing into a giant arachnid. So I was smart about it. Got some dark clothes. Started thinking about him. And for some reason, I knew how he thought, like, I'm a predator, and I knew how another predator would think. He couldn't get to the victim he wanted, right? Because she was safe. Her friend's work was safe. Even that dickhead Dave was going to protect her. 
but a predator has to eat, right? They have to have their, their meal. And I know that more than most. Well, I didn't at that time, but I do now. So I got my dark clothes and by instinct, I drove downtown. Now I didn't find him immediately. I just went from bar to bar, just looking for this guy and about a few hours into my hunt by pure luck or by fate, I found him. It's going into a very nice club, the kind of club I would not go into. The nicest places my boys and I went into would either be a bar, a grill, or a quote-unquote a honky-tonk. We just, we just were not like these club guys. Instead of going in, I just waited. And again, it was like instinct. I knew how to stand and where to stand in the shadows, to not draw attention to myself. So I waited in an alleyway. No one saw me. No one was paying attention to me, but I saw him. So I started following him. Now, as luck would have it again, again, maybe the stars aligned or the universe really didn't like this guy. And he decided to cut through an alleyway downtown, get to his car, head back to the parking lot, because maybe he didn't get a chance to use his roofies or his charm or whatever the fuck he did to get his victims. So I followed him. Just give him a little Southern hospitality. Good old-fashioned, good old boy, come to Jesus meeting. Go into this alleyway. Now, it's got a bit of a blind turn into it. It was like a, a loading dock for a couple of buildings, two of which were abandoned at the time, and the other one was closed for business. And I know that he ducked into this dead end, so I quietly turned, and that fucker hit me in the face as hard as he could with a fucking piece of wood that had been laying there. Knocked the hell out of me, right? But it didn't. I felt the impact. It kind of hurt, but it shocked me more than stunned me. Now, you hit a grown man with basically a two-by-four in the head. You should stun him. That's concussion-level time. But I was shocked more than anything, so I just fell down. And then he just started wailing on me. I could hear him, who the fuck are you trying to rob me, you piece of shit. Let me tell you, you know, blah, 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 this bravado bullcrap. And I could feel him hitting me. And it didn't really hurt. I could feel the shock. And after I got over that shock in just a few seconds, I reached out, put my hand on his chest, and I shoved. And he went sailing. This time he was the punching bag in the Avengers to Captain America's righteous fist because he went flying into the opposite wall of the alleyway. And as I stood up, tough guy, he was getting up too. But he had landed a bit sideways, I guess, because he had a cut right above his eyebrow and I could see the blood. And I think that's what changed everything. Or maybe it was going to happen regardless. Because the second he looked at me and we made eye contact, I changed. And everything changed in that moment. I could see that just that second of confusion and shock and then a fear so deep and primal that Amelia had never felt it. I could actually see his mind snap from what he was saying. 
and I didn't scare him or really just scare him. I opened my maw and these two giant fangs of mine extended and my legs reached out and I grabbed him and pulled him in and I slammed those fangs into his chest and I felt the venom go into his body and I watched as he died and instead of letting him go I just pulled him in and ate him So can, can you remember the first time you ever had like awesome Japanese hibachi? Like if you'd never had it before, like that amazing explosion of flavor and taste that, that nothing compared to, it was like that, but a hundred times more. I wasn't freaking out that I was pulling someone into my mouth or what served as my mouth or that I was literally drinking the fluid and juices out of his body and digesting him. One minute he was there, and the next, expensive suit and shoes and all, I devoured him. And it felt amazing. I'm not going to lie when I tell you it was one of the single greatest feelings of my life. And I felt no guilt, no panic, no terror of, of what I had just done. It felt correct. And then just as quickly as it had happened, I changed back. And I was myself. There's Johnny in this alleyway. But there sure as hell is no woman abusing asshole anymore. Because I took care of that. Snuck my way back to the car. Made sure there weren't any cameras around. But then I remembered it wouldn't have mattered anyway. They would have just gotten a blur of him and me. But I was wearing old dark clothes, had a nice baseball cap low over my head. Like I said, I was taking this shit serious. There were no cameras in that blind alley. No one saw me go in after him. I was sure of that. And no one was going to see him ever again. So I went home and slept like a baby. <laughs> like literally the best sleep of my life. I slept 12 hours. Now... For the scientists that are listening to this, uh, there was something I did before the sleep. You see, I got home feeling on top of the world and suddenly knew I had to uh, change again when I got home. So I transformed again out in the woods and uh, expelled what was left of that absolute piece of shit. Oh, well, actually, well, that's, that's what he became. Instead of a piece of shit, he became a big pile of weird gel-like shit. Spider crap is just fucking mind-boggling to look at. I changed back and looked at it. Got a shovel and, well, made sure nobody would stumble across it. Now, I know that was gross to share, but honestly, for those science people that might be listening, I, I thought you might be curious. Went home. Actually, went back at home and back on side and... Fell asleep, slept like an angel, slept like a baby, woke up not only feeling refreshed, but feeling fantastic. 
And maybe that's all it was. Maybe these changes happened to me just to remove that fucking waste of skin. But that morning I went back out, changed back in a big old eight legs just to see, and then went right back to work. Now, of course, the authorities looked into this guy. He went missing, was reported missing. They found his car, found the hotel he was staying at, his clothes, all that stuff. But that was it. Of him, there was no sign. So Amelia got some closure. She got some peace. And I started on my new journey as Johnny 8. <laughs>